shouldn't be talking about prayer today, so I thought maybe we'd just start out by praying. And we want you to pray with me a prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. It's recorded a couple of places, but in Matthew 6, it's the one we're most familiar with. So if you would, pray with me as Jesus taught his disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. When we think about praying, it's a very important thing for us to remember some basic things. Now that prayer is a very basic prayer. Jesus gave his disciples that prayer to help them have a model for how to expand their own understanding of what prayer was like. Now in Luke it tells us that the disciples came to Jesus and said, teach us to pray like John's disciples. And so Jesus reached out and was teaching um, his disciples to pray. When I was thinking about this message this week, actually for the last, when was it, Randy? You asked me a couple of weeks ago, will you preach on the fifth? And I said, yes, but then I've got to thinking about it. You know, sometimes you say yes real quickly to things and you, you start thinking about it. So I think this sermon <laughs> needs a disclaimer of some kind. Have you ever bought a product that had a disclaimer on it? And it said, use this product this way. And if you don't use the product that way, what happens? You can get in trouble, right? Did your doctor ever give you a prescription that said, take this medicine in this form, in this way, in these hours, and if you don't do it that way, what can happen? Something bad can happen. We're going to talk about prayer, but I think we need to understand something more about prayer. And that is the importance of it to God. Now, in these last couple of weeks, I've heard Pastor Randy use a verse from John 16, 33, two or three times, and I, I want us to think of, begin to think about that. <clears throat> in John 16, 33, Jesus has been teaching the disciples right before his arrest, right before the prayer that we call the high priestly prayer in chapter 17 of John, but in, at the end of Jesus' long teaching, he says this, I have told you these things that in that in that in me you will have you will, you may have my peace you have uh, you have suffering in this world but be of courage for I have conquered this world now last week pastor Randy told us about his diagnosis and, and I've heard him use this verse because it answers some questions that we all have. And those, those questions are, what about suffering in this world? Are we not to expect it? Jesus said you are. You're to expect suffering. But I have something better than what can come in the place of that suffering, and that is the peace that comes from me. The peace that comes from me, Jesus said, is a good peace. In chapter 14, verse 27, he said, I give you my peace not as the world gives peace. 
The peace that we have in Jesus Christ comes to us in a real and special kind of way. And in spite of our circumstances, that peace is available to us. As we think about these prayers, there's a passage over in Galatians chapter 6 that I wanted us to look at. And when we think about um, prayer uh, and we think about our plans with our prayer, today we're going to present as the pastor search committee some plans. And we made those plans a while back. Right, April? And then things change. But our plans haven't changed. Because we believe they're plans from God. So, so we make our plans, but God orders the direction of our steps. And we believe that those direction of our steps are real. <clears throat> In Galatians chapter 6, Paul gives this instruction. It's an instruction that we need to understand that when we have difficulties in our life, so I was thinking about who would be here in this room this morning. Some of you are dealing with great difficulties. Some of you know about those difficulties, others of you don't know yet, but you're gonna be dealing with these great difficulties. I think about our prayer list that we send out every Tuesday and on that prayer list it tells people who have special needs. And, and I, I think, what, how should we pray for those people with those special needs? What should, well, I've had a number of people say, well, how can we help Pastor Randy and Susan? How can we help? Well, we'll see how that all works out as we go through time. But Paul writes these words. In verse 2 he says, carry one another's burdens and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Then down in verse 5, he says, For each person must carry their own burdens. Hmm, very interesting idea. That first time when Paul talks about these burdens, this word burdens in this part of the passage, it means something heavier than anybody can carry by themselves. You ever feel like you're dealing with something that's heavier than you can deal with by yourself? We ought to be praying for each other that God would give us vision and wisdom and understanding. Now, who can be prepared to help somebody who is carrying a burden greater than they can carry? Who can do that? Paul gives us a clue in the first part of that in verse 1. He says, those of you who are spiritual. What does it mean to be spiritual as Paul is describing it in this verse? One of the things it means is that we have figured out how to carry our own life forward. You can't help somebody else until you are prepared yourself to carry life forward. This morning in our Sunday school class, uh, uh, Pastor Brother Donnie led us in a special prayer and Brother Larry helped us understand that we ought to stop every day and pray for Susan and Randy and their family. And we all agreed to do that. And so I hope that in some way or another, you will agree to do that. But they are just one on our list of people. So we understand that there's a responsibility that we have to prepare ourselves spiritually to be ready to pray. Now, as I said, there's a, there's a, needs to be a disclaimer with this because, because preparing yourself to pray is really a big job. 
What in your life are you having to deal with spiritually that you're, that you're doing in such a manner that will allow you then to help others? Or are you helping others in their own grief? Are you helping others in their own disease uh, process? Are you helping others in their own, in their own health issues? If you will get yourself in right relationship with God through prayer, then you will be ready to help your brother or your sister, your family member, your neighbor, your friends. Yesterday, my phone rang, and it was one of our members. And she said, I need you to pray for me now. And she, she knows that, that, that she's on my prayer list and that I pray for her regularly. But she said, I need for you to pray for me now. And we did. And she said, that's what I needed. Now, as believers in Jesus Christ, are you prepared to receive a call like that? For someone to call you and say, I need for you to pray for me now. Are you ready to do that? Or, or is your mind off, way off some other direction? Are you dealing with your own circumstance and dealing with it poorly in such a way that you, uh, that you aren't prepared to help another person? Part of our work that we've done in our pastor search committee was to re be reminded from the scriptures that, um, that Satan hates you doing good things. You know that, don't you? We, we call it spiritual warfare sometimes. And, and the scriptures teach us about that. I promise you that if you sit today say, well, I'm going to spend more time praying, you know what's going to happen? You're going to have every reason not to do it. And who's going to give you those reasons not to pray? Who? Yeah. He's out there. His job is to distract you from doing those things which God says for you to do. We know in our heart we need to do these spiritual things, but are we prepared to do those spiritual things in such a way that what it allows us to do then is to really come into a, a kind of, of action in the, the work that God has for us to do? When we think about these things, um, uh, there's, there's one more, I want to give us a couple more things uh, uh, to do here, if I can find the right verse. That's not the right one. I think maybe this will be the right one. In, in the Colossian letter, Paul writes to this church what we know about these churches that Paul is writing to, Paul is in prison and, and he knows that they are under persecution and, and he wants to give them words of encouragement. And so he talks about how to prepare themselves. How do you prepare yourself for dealing with these spiritual uh, attacks that, that come? And so in Colossians 1, uh, beginning in verse 9, he says this, for this reason also, since that day we have we heard this, we have not stopped praying for you. We are asking you that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will, all wisdom, and spiritual understanding, 
so that you may walk worthy of the Lord's um, full, fully pleasing Him, bearing fruit in every work and growing in knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share his light with those saints. Paul is talking to the church here, and he's talking to us because we're the church. Uh, we're, we're to be somehow connected to God in such a way that we can then share life with each other. Now, one of the things we talk about our church is that our church is a family. Some of us have experienced this church family here at Ashley River Baptist Church for a long, long time. Right, Charles? A long, long time. Uh, in a month or so, uh, in April, we're going to celebrate the 80th anniversary of our church. And so there's some members of our church who've been here for a long time. Pastor Randy told me we have some more people that are going to join the church today. Now, what that means is that the family which began and has deep roots is still producing fruit, growing. And that's so important because that talks about, as Paul talks about here, this vitality that we have as the body of Christ. Not, not too much history, but I've been a Baptist for about 75 years. My mother said I went to church before I was born. <laughs> and it was a Baptist church. Since that time, I've belonged to a few more Baptist churches. Do you know not everybody in Baptist churches loves each other the way they're supposed to? Maybe you've experienced that. Is that good or not good? Not good. Paul says that, that we are to have joy in our experience in the body of Christ. I don't know who you love, but I hope the long list of the people that you love are people that are members of this congregation. If you're a member of this congregation, if not, come on and join us. Loving each other is that critical point. Paul said, Jesus said in John 14, by this all, win, all people will know that you are my disciples. Why? Because you have love for one another love for one another. That's that key thing. Now, how do you deal with that love with one another except that you pray with each other? Who are your prayer partners? I hope some of them are in your class or your Bible study group or your uh, choir group or whoever, the, whatever groups you belong to, that, that you form these kinds of relationships within our body here at Ashley River Baptist Church which are spiritual relationships which allow us to grow in our love for each other. Because that is the key component. Now, how does that work except that we don't, except that we don't do spiritual things together? We worship together in this room right now, today. We studied the Bible in different rooms and in the, the building today. But there's, there's something more going on there according to Scripture. That we are to have a relationship with each other that we can pray with each other. How important is it to you that you know somebody is praying for you? 
talked to a couple of people today who've had some special physical needs, and and we, we, we talk about praying for each other. How important is that to you? If it's important to you to believe that in your life and in your needs in your life, that there are people who know those needs and they are praying for you, then how much more important is for you to pray for others? As you know their needs, as you know their wants, as you know the problems and circumstances of their life that they're facing, it is so important, according to scripture, that we pray for each other. We pray for individual people. We pray for ourselves in the body of Christ. Do you know how important it is that like Hollis did today, he, that we have a deacon who prays with us and for us? That our deacon body are people who, who are called out as leaders in our church and that they step forward in this leadership and that they pray for the church. We need prayer for our church. The weeks ahead, we don't know what they're holding. But we know that God knows. Now, when you think about prayer, when you think about prayer, how important was it for Jesus to pray for his disciples? A lot of times, scriptures, especially in the Gospels, the, the Synoptic Gospels, it would say that the disciples got up in the morning and they started looking for Jesus and they couldn't find him. And they would go out and they would find him praying for them. He was, getting them re he was getting ready and getting them ready for what that day would hold. And they didn't know, but he did. And because he knew what that day would hold for them, he knew he needed to pray for them. The scripture says that when Jesus went back to heaven on that day on the Mount of Olives, that it says now he is interceding for us. He is praying with us, for us, to the Father. If that's important to Jesus, how important should it be to us? But let's take that down to the next level. For some of you, this is, is something that, that you've been seeing and, and understanding for a long time. But especially in, in our personal, most personal parts of our life, Moses wrote the book that we call Deuteronomy. It's the second telling of the law. The first telling of the law has been back over in Exodus and Leviticus and some in Numbers. But, but in the second telling of the law, Moses comes back and he, he reminds the people, these things, the law, these things, the word of God, he says, these words that I am giving you today are to be in your heart. Where's the scripture to be found? I like what Anne-Marie said the other night. She said, if, if your cup gets turned over, what's in your cup spills out. If something, something circumstance in your life tips you over, what spills out? Moses says, those words need to be in your heart. So what are you to do with them in your heart? He says, Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in the house and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hands and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorpost of your house 
and on the gates in the city. What Moses is saying to us is that the most personal relationships we have, our family, ought to be salted with the word of God continually. What do you talk about with your kids? What do you talk about with your spouse? What do you talk about with your relatives? Is it God's word? Or is it other stuff? Now, the other stuff can be talked about, but there's no substitute for speaking about God's word to each other. There's no substitute for praying with each other. Today, we prayed the Lord's Prayer at the beginning of the service. Do you pray the Lord's Prayer sometime with your family? Do you pray other prayers with your family? How is the word of God going to be spread to the next generation if this generation is not sharing it? How is the word of God going to penetrate our community if it's not being penetrated by our families as they interact with people in our community? Um, since we got the pickleball courts, <laughs> there's been a lot of activity out there, except on days like today, I guess, probably. Um, uh, but as we talk about things with people, whether it's outside on our property at the playground, the pickleball court, uh, soon to be on our ball field, or, or in the grocery store, or around a cup of coffee with friends, what spills out from us? It is important. These things are really important. Now, in just a few minutes, um, very few minutes, you're hoping.